Welcome to the Real Immunity Podcast, where we'll dig deeper into the concepts from the Real Immunity film series. Learn more at realimmunity.org. Welcome to the Real Immunity Podcast, and today I have a very special guest. Her name is Robin Shirley, and I've known Robin for quite a few years, I think 2016, maybe 2015, when she coached me um, in holding a conference. I had never held any conferences. It was my first conference, and she was kind enough to kind of mentor me in some of the steps, which was extremely helpful. And her expertise was in conferences. She conducted the Take Back Your Health conference on the East Coast and West Coast. I subsequently spoke at both her conferences a number of times and have known her through the birth of her two children and value her friendship. And most of all, I feel like Robin is truly a visionary and I want you to listen very carefully to some of the things that she has to share. So Robin Shirley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Scylla. It's great to be here. Good. So uh, the reason, the thing I wanted to talk with Robin about is so many of my clients are starting different cooperatives, different centers, um, lots of projects that are the earmark of the new humanity that we're birthing, basically. We're, we're in labor right now, having many labor pains, birthing some new systems. And some of those systems apply to health. Some of those systems apply to education or recreation. And Robin is um, envisioning a lovely enrichment program for children that I want her to share more about. So go ahead, Robin, take it away from there. Well, I I have so many thoughts and and um, ideas about childhood education and enrichment and wellness because when I was in, I guess it was oh, sixth grade, I was diagnosed with systemic juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And I started to see how the school system was clashing um, in really powerful ways with my well-being. And so I always had in the back of my mind this unease about what I was, what was being required of me. The childhood enrichment center that I'm envisioning is really where we're focusing on the well-being of the children. And I think that that's how you and I connect so well is because first and foremost, you have to have your health in order to really evolve into the most robust and successful human. And Um, having my own children now, it's become more of a focus for me is thinking about how are they going to spend their days as children. Um, Lately, looking into schools and their options, I just feel really disheartened by what's out there. So um, I can go on, but I'll let you kind of ask any questions if you want to guide me to talk about a certain aspect of this, Scylla. Sure. So what do you see as the most essential components of an enrichment center that supports children's development? What are, what are essential components? My, so my kids are toddlers still. Well, one of them is four, so she's kind of moving out of that phase. But um, so that's my perspective right now, personally, is, is this very early, early childhood development. 
And um, just for myself, I felt like them staying close to me, their mom and their dad and being at home um, was really important for the first couple of years. And obviously that's not a possibility for many families. So in that scenario, I feel like the early childhood programs just need to be um, the focus I think needs to be more on comfort. That's really what I saw with my children was that how they thrived was when they felt um, the most comforted, the most um, taking, like their needs were prioritized and they felt like they could get to know their needs and understand how to meet, have their needs met. I think that um, putting children into programs too early on where there's too many kids, not enough adults, or the focus isn't on making sure that the kids well-being is provided for, um, kids lose touch at a really early age of, of their basic needs. And that's where I think the disconnect starts between um, who we are um, as adults and how we take care of ourselves, our health and our well-being. So just an example would be like a, an adult knowing they need to be eating a certain way or even taking a bathroom break or drinking some water, but they're again, just pushing themselves beyond that comfort level. So that's just a really basic um, example, but I think it starts that early. And um, then going into right now, the preschool age range for my children, um, I'm seeing that every child is at such a different um, developmental stage that um, it it's kind of, um, how do I say this? I guess the well-being aspect, because again, that's where my expertise is. I think that putting them into um, the environment where they're taken away from, I guess, the values of family, health, nature, intuition, and put into a place where everyone has to um, be behaving a certain way because it's the way it's efficient and it's the way that is easiest for the teachers. That's the way the system is designed. And I think everyone knows and can agree that that causes a lot of problems. Um, so the challenge is how do you fix that problem? And I think, you know, class size and getting out in nature are big movements right now. Um, but I think we need to take it even further. And I think that we need to, from the very beginning, um, focus on on this aspect, which is the big the big part of our um, what what I envision for our enrichment program for children is that we never separate and isolate out the core subjects from real life scenario. So we never take math out of like an actual scenario of like a tangible scenario um, and put it onto uh, like just the sterile like black and white numbers. We always have the background of well, why are we looking at these numbers? And so even coming from a real life example, my daughter asking me, um, uh, well, I used to have four raisins, but now I only have two. And I said, well, how many did you eat? And she said, I ate two. So I say, oh, so four minus two raisins that you eat leaves you with two. So I just, I always reinforce that. And she's like, knows math already. She knows basic kindergarten, first grade math. Right. Um, That's brilliant. Yeah. Associating mm -hmm. everything with real life activities. I love that. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I won't interject yet. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's okay. I mean, that's kind of an example that everyone could just be like, well, yeah, of course. Um, but then you bring it back to like, like 
where your audience, Scylla, is really thinking like holistic health and wellness. So why do we put children inside with fluorescent lights? Now we're learning that the flickering of fluorescent light is actually causing like like underlying anxiety problems, depression. Um, They're not getting the vitamin D, all of that. So bringing this idea of going back outside into our natural environment or changing the indoor environment so that it matches outdoor, like bringing back incandescent or the non-flicker fluorescent um, and actually providing the the environment. Um, so I gave one foundation of what we want is like, don't take the core subjects out and isolate them. But the other, the other um, piece of this childhood enrichment center is that we want to create the environment for the children that's going to maintain their health and well-being or bring them back to health and well-being if a child's already out of balance. So um, that's another big piece of this. And I think um, the other big piece that I want to say before I forget and before you start to ask me questions about what I've said, Scylla, is community and family values. So I think that, um, that, you know, we have forest schools, we have all these things that people are realizing we need to get kids back out in nature and, and integrate the subjects. But I still think that we're not doing our children justice within the community and the family values aspect. I think that school is still isolating them and, and actually weakening family and community structures. Um, so we're taking the children out of the family and out of the community all day, every day. And that's why we're having these breakdowns, I think in, in, um, in family and neighborhoods and cities. And we're not, um, we're taking a whole part of the population and, um, we're not letting them experience being within a family and being within a community. So they don't know, um, they don't know what, they, when they get to 18 years old or 24 or 22 when they leave college, they don't know how to how to sustain family life and community life on the other side. Um, so the idea is that of childhood enrichment program that I'm envisioning really brings community members into this setting um, and brings kids out into the community more. So there's less of a wall barrier like between the kids and the community. There's more integration of family into the enrichment program. So families are invited and partaking more. And then lastly, um, the actual school program, organization, enrichment center, wellness center, whatever it ends up being called, is actually contributing to the community and the economics of the community as well. So like maybe um, it's even like there's a revenue producing side of it and the kids learn about um, financial freedom or maybe the school's providing services for community members, not just family uh, and children that are partaking in the enrichment programs. So um, just remembering that the more we isolate our children, the more we take them out of of the parts of life that we really want them to experience and, and that we know are healthy. Um, I think, I think we need to look at that a lot more. So those are the three big areas that are most passionate about. Um, but there's so many other details. So I just, I'll, I'll pause there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And we know that studies are showing us that multi-generational relationships are so beneficial. And children used to be raised with generations within a home and their role models were there, their comfort was there, and that, that's been um, diminished. So, you know, I think that's fabulous the way you're talking about community. And also, you know, so many people have 
good ideas. Lots of good ideas out there, but only about 5% of the population are activators. And you, Robin, are an activator. You get things done. I've seen you produce things and, and manifest things. And, you know, this is, this is why I wanted to interview you because I know you will make this happen and it will be fantastic. So I really give you credit for being an activator and it'll be fabulous to see this thing be born along with other, other brilliant systems that are being born out there. But these are the labor pains. So talk a little bit about the labor pains with creating something like this. What's, what are the challenges for you? Oh my goodness. Well, it's exactly, um, that it's, it is like birthing, um, another being. And I feel like there's such a responsibility because you like what we're talking about is affecting the future of hundreds, hopefully thousands of children. And I hope that this can become an example and a model for other organizations around the world. So I've been, I've been sitting on this for a year. Um, and I'm going really slowly. Uh, I have to get my, you know, whenever you want to, I guess, let's take the pregnancy whole example that we that we're going with here birthing, but you want to prepare your body first, right before you get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like the last year has really been preparing my personal life and habits and just my environment so that I can actually do this hard thing. <laughs> right. Um, and surround yourself with people who are also along the same lines, um, you know, with their beliefs and their philosophies and kind of feel out the ideas. So I've been talking to a lot of people and just getting feedback on my ideas and um, getting ideas, listening to other moms and dads and hear what they have to say. Um, and then I'm going to start really slowly. And I, I got the best advice from, well, there's been lots of good advice, but from actually a real estate agent, because we are hopefully going to be able to raise enough money to buy a campus for this. And it's going to be like a regenerative biodynamic farm based campus where we can actually show children um, kind of the the style of um, living that is very sustainable. Uh, where do things come from and how can we be productive and contributing to society on like the most basic level? How can you take care of yourself on the most basic level? And I feel like just watching where food comes from and taking care of animals and plants is kind of the best, you know, like natural and source of, you know, where, where life originates. And I think it's such a good, good place for children, such a healthy environment. But, um, but taking that um, advice from this real estate agent, she said, start with just a program for kids at your, your kid's age and, and grow from there because um, you know it best and you know moms and other experts in that age range first. So like we want to integrate all ages eventually, but starting with like, say, three-year-old to six-year-old would probably be the most manageable at this point, because that's where I am personally in my family development. And it would also be like a small enough chunk that we can really hone in on that and, you know, learn what we need to learn. And, you know, if we're going to bite off too much, then it really could end up backfiring. So of course, opening a full, you know, program for all ages would just be overwhelming. Um, right. So we're going to start yeah, yeah, with this, with the toddlers and up to six years old. Are you looking for property, or do you have property already? 
We have um, family property. So we're going to have some programs um, on our own space, but it's limited because we are far outside of town and um, up a steep gravel drive. And it's very beautiful and overlooking a lake and in the mountains and, and just beautiful. But um, we'll have some programs in town. So I think we'll do like um, part of the community and family development um will be on the property outside of town and we'll do some like enriching outdoor exploration, but the main like day to day will be closer into town at a park. Um, and then we'll have um, a spot where we have people from the community come and like do enriching activities. So I have a friend who's an herbalist. Um, she'll come and do like a fun culinary herbs Thing with the kids and we'll look through there's a botanical gardens in our area so we'll do um like a, a field trip there so we're going to pair this regular program with field trips which actually we've already started um so it's kind of it's very fluid and it and it's just going to be i guess about two days a week with young kids um at the park and it has an indoor learning center you can rent. And then we'll be doing field trips alongside that that kind of coincide with different things we're learning. Um, and monthly we're doing um, s'mores, story, s'mores and stories under the stars. And so that's kind of like this fun thing. I want it to feel like the families can really bond right from the beginning. So um, this is so funny. So I make the Weston A. Price Foundation marshmallow recipe. Mm-hmm. And my kids, my kids love it. And I have a cassava flour uh, graham cracker recipe. And I just feel like um, we're going to do this fall program and have fun and let the kids have s'mores, but it'll be, you know, the healthy version and we'll read stories and we'll do, um, we'll have the kids tell stories and parents tell stories and we'll just kind of um, hang out and, nice. and it'll be like um, a way to start sharing ideas um, right yeah. right so you've already started you've already launched you know some some different activities that you're doing yeah tell people yeah. how they can find you how what, where should they go right um so we are we have our website going and it's um compasscenterlearning.com and it's currently under construction but i think when you publish it it'll be up um, it's the the name of our organization is called the Compass Center. So the website is compasscenterlearning.com. And that came from a, a really good friend, actually, um, Scylla, who you know as well, um, uh, Christy. And she said, well, the compass, because it's like a guide, a guide. Um, so we're, the school really is the compass and the children will use us to find their way and, and find their true passion and calling is kind of the metaphor there. That's nice. It's a lovely metaphor. So do you have any speculation, Robin, about why, how did we depart from learning? You know, we've been jammed into school rooms with fluorescent lights and school lunches and bells. And how, how did it happen that we, we got so far from true learning. Do you have any ideas about that? Um, I mean, I have a lot of speculation as do you, I'm sure, Scylla. I think that a lot of it boils down to like the public being convinced that this was the most um, 
this was this was the best thing for the kids and it's very convenient for parents to be able to um be consumers as we are lured to be when our children are away all day um so that is kind of like a i don't know maybe a tongue in cheek answer but i think that really we have to ask ourselves like we're really if we're going to if we're going to live all day working and then so we can have more money to buy more things is that is that the life that we really want to teach our children and that's what the message we're sending them when we send them away from the house all day so that we can work um and i want my work to be enriching children's lives and sustain and having a sustainable family lifestyle that where we support ourselves as much as we can and i think that that you know, I'm going to be caught into the position of being in an administrative role a lot. But, um, but I do think that that's still, you know, the role, the model that I want to be for my children. And um, I want them to see a mom that fights for what she believes in. And I think I want them to see the problems with childhood education, even if I can't provide a perfect alternative. Um, at least there's progress. And, and I think parents, um, are in a tough position. So it's, it's not that, um, it's not that I'm trying to say one way is wrong and one way is right. There's so many different ways to choose. And that's kind of the beauty of what's happening right now. Like you said, you know, so many people starting different programs. And I think it's so exciting right now because big change is coming and, um, and you have so many different options for so many different types of children out there. Right. Well, Robin, you're an outstanding role model and you have a compassionate heart and you're a visionary, an absolute visionary. So I really um, encourage people to keep an eye on Compass Learning Centers. Is that the name? CompassCenterLearning.com? Yeah, Mm CompassCenterLearning.com. Keep an eye on that because you will see things start to be born from Robin's vision. So Thank you so much, Robin, for taking the time to chat with me, and I wish you the very, very best. Thank you, Scylla. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. You can go to realimmunity.org to learn more about health, homeopathy, and homeoprophylaxis, and to watch the Real Immunity film series.